Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sunday Morning Live for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed and encouraged of God as I, we reach you on this morning. I pray that God's favor is upon you and your household, and I pray that you are safe wherever you might be, that you are free of disease, that you're healthy, and that all of your loved ones are healthy as well. May I pray with you this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your people. We thank you for this time that you allowed us to come together. Lord, we ask that you touch each and every person that is connected under the sound of my voice. Lord, strengthen them and encourage them wherever they may be. Allow the word to find them in a healthy and whole place, mentally, physically, financially, in all things. And Lord, may the word that we share from you on today be meat to their body, to their spirit, to their soul. Allow us all to encounter this destiny moment with purpose. Let us be mindful of what the life-changing impact of your word. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Allow our ears to be open and receptive to what you have to say to us, that our lives literally may be changed, and we may be pushed towards purpose in the direction that you would have us to go. Let us not leave here the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen, and God bless you. I pray that you're blessed this morning, and I'm glad and grateful for another opportunity to share God's word with you. God's been good to me, and I pray that you have the same testimony of the goodness and the graciousness of our Heavenly Father, who looks upon us, whose grace is extended in our direction, and whose mercies are new every morning. Thank God for his faithfulness to each and every one of us. We're going to be sharing this morning from a thought that God gave us. Many of you may have already seen. It's called Disconnected. Something that God poured into my spirit that I just wanted to share with those who are connected to our broadcast on this morning. He shared something with me and I want to share it with you. Uh, it was it was I'll tell you how it came about. I was simply walking and I was thinking and God allowed something to happen to me while I was exercising and running. And I was just thinking about the importance of being connected. And then I thought about the tragedy also of being disconnected, how that can have a precipitous impact on us and our destiny, our plans and our purpose. So I want, I want to share that with you this morning. We're going to Second Samuel and we'll be looking at the sixth chapter and we're going to start around verse 14. Again, that's Second Samuel chapter six. And we're looking at verse 14 and the word of the Lord there in second Samuel six and 14 reads like this. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and sand of the horn. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Verse 20, and David returned to bless his household, but Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how the king honored himself today uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord, and I will celebrate before the Lord. 
I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. And may the word, the word of the Lord is blessed. I'm sharing this because Michael, Saul's daughter, who is mentioned here, which it, it lacks a little clarity. She's actually also David's wife. She's David's wife, and she was the daughter of Saul, the, who was the son, who was the king of the previous administration. Here, David, and if some of you are familiar with the story, has retrieved the Ark of the Covenant from the house of Obed-Edom. The reason it had been left there is because David, in a previous attempt when removing the Ark of the Covenant from the land of the Philistines, he got afraid to bring it to his house because a man died who touched it improperly. But while it was in the house of Obed-Edom, he found it was famed abroad that everybody in Obed-Edom's house was blessed. So David went to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into his house so that not only would Obed-Edom be blessed, but the whole nation of Israel would be blessed. He had a clear and concise purpose to try to make sure that the people of Israel would return to a place of blessing and favor in the sight of God. But although he had this purpose in mind, while he was on his way back, he was excited and, and joyful and exuberant about what was about to happen in Israel. And while he was exuberant and happy, he began to dance before the Lord. But while he was dancing, his wife, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked out the window, saw him dancing, and she was ashamed. And the word says she despised him in her heart. It's as if she did not have a full picture of what was happening in that moment. So that's what brought me to this thought. This is David dancing before the Lord, exuberant and happy about what God's about to do in Israel. Yet his wife is looking at him through the window and she despises him in her heart. She does not understand the purpose for which he is dancing. She does not understand the purpose even of the mission of retrieving the ark from the house of Obed-Edom. Some way, somehow, even though it was his wife and even though it was his own household, they had become disconnected. And I want to talk to you today from that thought. I just want to talk to you about being disconnected and trying to restore our connection. That, that happens with us sometimes. We become disconnected from people and unfortunately, sometimes we get disconnected from God. And I, I, I don't want to allow that to persist in our life because that's something that is so important to remain connected, not only to God, but sometimes it's good to be connected to people. Have you ever had a connection with a person and then that connection was lost? I, I want to speak to someone who's been there. You had a connection, but somehow, some way that connection with that person, it was just lost. And we want to discuss how that happens and maybe how we can even reconnect. I want to talk about ways that we become disconnected and why we become disconnected, because there are many ways in which we can become disconnected. I think about space. Sometimes just being apart causes us to be disconnected. Sometimes our goals change and sometimes we become more in tune with our purpose and that causes us to be disconnected. Other times it may be empathy or feelings and emotions that we have that others do not share. And as a result of that lack of empathy or that lack of compassion, we become disconnected. 
also as, as relative to just how we feel in this moment and how one moment might impact us disproportionately to someone else who's in our lives. And if that's a disproportionate impact on one and not the other, sometimes we can become disconnected. The Bible says, how can two men walk unless they agree? How can you walk together? How can you stay in step? How do you even know which way the other person is going unless there is some agreement there? And also the Bible says that many of us, when we come together and we want and desire something from God, we ought to be as the, as the ancient Christians were on one accord in one place. We ought to be agreeing, even as if we're touching. That doesn't mean that you're touching, but you agree so much. It's as if you're touching. It's as if one person is making the request. You're on one accord. And we need to manage the people in our lives to whom we have become disconnected. It may not be healthy for us to be connected to people who do not feel what we feel, who are not pursuing the same goals that we have, who are not in tune and in touch with our purpose. Can you imagine if David had consulted with his wife before he went to retrieve the Ark of the Covenant and she had dissuaded him from going? Can you imagine how this story might be different simply if they had been on different levels, if they were not connected, if they did not understand God's purpose for their lives? That's so important because I noticed here in the text, look at this. The Bible says, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Notice it never describes her as David's wife. In the text, it describes her as the daughter of Saul. The only reason you know that it's David's wife is that we have previous information that lets us know. And further, it says that prior to this scripture that he went into his own household. He's in his house. And the reason Michael is there is because Michael, who is Saul's daughter, but she's also David's wife. She's his wife. And it's just, as if the tech neglects this on purpose. It's as if they want you to show that, yes, she's his wife, but they are so disconnected. We're only going to describe her as Saul's daughter. The text is giving us some foreshadowing as to what is about to happen between David and his wife. They had become disconnected. And when I begin to think about disconnected, it's it's so it's so interesting that when people are connected, that that certain things just flow. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody who you're connected to that the, the conversation just flows? You say one thing and they they follow with something that's like you're on the same accord. You're on the same thought pattern. And, and it's just the conversation flows. It's easy to talk to them. And then have you ever been in a conversation with someone when you're so disconnected that you just can't wait to get out of the conversation? It's like you're not talking on the same level. You're not you're not vibing, as they say today. You're not on the same wavelength and you're just running. You're finding an excuse to try to get out of that conversation. Why? Because you're not connected. And it's easy to talk to somebody to whom you are connected. Have you ever shared something that you were passionate about? But the person that you shared it with was not very passionate about it. And it almost caused you to be discouraged. Maybe you had a goal or a dream and you're like, I'm going back to school and I'm getting my degree or I, I'm, I'm going to apply for this position on my job. Or, or you were talking about getting a new car or, or getting your money together to save for a new home. And you were excited about it. You were passionate about it. But the person you shared it with didn't share your passion. 
They didn't share your energy. And when you left that conversation, you left a little more discouraged than when you walked in. Don't allow that person to dissuade you. I just want to let you know what happened is you had a disconnected conversation. A conversation where you weren't on the same wavelength. You didn't share the same connection with that person. And it's easy to get disconnected, but the problem is if we continue to exist and get this, if you continue to exist with only disconnected relationships, you'll become discouraged and you will lose out with on what God wants to do in your life. God wants to do great things in your life. But if you surround yourself with people to whom you're not connected, you can lose focus. You can lose hope. You can lose the energy and the zeal that God has given you. I encourage you to have connected relationships. How do I know if somebody is connected to me? I just showed you one way. When you share your dreams, see how they react. Are they really a, a friend or are, are they an associate? Are they a hater? Are they someone who really wants you to pursue your goals and pushes you to go farther? People who are connected, you can match your energy. Let me say that. People who are connected to you will match your energy. They'll match your energy. And you're saying, well, what does this have to do with the word? Well, let me tell you what the word says. The Bible says rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. What is the Bible saying? It's saying that you need to surround yourself with people that are connected to you. You know, I told you I had an incident that that caused me to recognize the importance of being connected. And I'll tell you what happened. I was doing my, my exercise, my daily exercise, and I was running. And while I was running, I, I ran and then I fell. It's just it's just nature. At some point, if you exercise, walk, run long enough, you're going to fall. You don't. It's not, it's not something you look forward to, but I fell. And when I fell, I scraped my hand and I scraped my hand to the point that I just immediately I was like, ow. It's just my voice reacted. I was like, ow, am I? because I had scraped my hand so badly. That was a verbal exhibition of my pain. When I think about it, my mouth said, ouch, but my mouth didn't hurt. My tongue didn't hurt. My mouth didn't hurt. My lips didn't hurt. My voice, my vocal cords did not hurt. My lungs did not hurt, but they all participated in verbalizing my pain that I felt in my hand. You know why? Because although my mouth, my tongue, my vocal cords, nor my lungs felt pain, they're all connected to my hand. My hand is connected to my voice and my voice exclaimed and spoke out loud the pain that I was feeling in my hand. Why? Because it's connected. When I say that, remember the scripture, we weep with those who do weep and rejoice with those who do rejoice. You know why? Because when you hurt, when we're connected, I feel your pain. When you weep because we're connected, I weep with you. And when you rejoice, I rejoice because we are connected. So then I need to question my friendships when I'm joyous about something and the person that I think I'm connected to 
doesn't rejoice with me, maybe we're disconnected. When I'm weeping and I'm sad and I'm sorrowful about some great pain or tragedy that has happened in my life, but, but the people I talk to and the people I associate with can't feel my pain. They don't weep with me. They don't cry with me. They don't have compassion over my situation. Maybe we're disconnected. I think 2020 has certainly shown our country that so many things happened in our country in 2020 and the pandemic and we had uh, the George Floyd incident and so much racial things that were going on and you know what I think America woke up a little bit and recognized although we occupy the same space we all call ourselves Americans we all live in this country we all have some pride about being here but I think in 2020 we recognized although we call ourselves the United States in many ways we're disconnected because if we were connected, when one of us would hurt, we all hurt. When one of us feels pain, we all feel pain. When one of us rejoices, we all rejoice. In fact, you know what? Let me tell you when you're really connected. My voice screamed out, ouch, when I scraped my hand. But my hand did not have to explain to my voice why it hurt. It did not have to explain to my voice why it hurt. It didn't have to explain it because it's connected. So many Americans that are hurting for so many different reasons in our country. Some are, those who are immigrants are hurting. Those who are brown and black people are hurting. Those who are disenfranchised are hurting. But not everybody's saying, ouch. And the reason we're not all collectively screaming ouch when some of our members are in pain is evidence that we're disconnected. Same can happen in the body of Christ. The same can happen in a household. If somebody in your body, somebody in your friend group is hurting, then you should all hurt. You should all feel the pain because you're all connected. Obviously in this text, Michael and, and David were disconnected. Michael, David is out there shouting and dancing before the Lord to, to the point that even his, his part of his clothing is coming off. And Michael is sitting in the house resenting him. They don't have the same emotion because even though they're married and live in the same place, sharing the same space, sharing the same life, they're disconnected. And I challenge couples and I, I, I want to speak to marriages too, because that the same thing can happen in your house. You can live together. You can share the same space. You can occupy the same place and li be living a shared life, but still be disconnected. You still can be disconnected. I can say that from an honest place because I have been there myself. Sometimes my wife was in pain and I didn't see that pain and I didn't share the pain the way she did. I didn't feel it the way she felt it. And in those moments when she's crying and I can't feel her sadness, that's when we pray, Lord, help me. 
to stay connected. If I can't love my brother, the Bible says we ought to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. How do you treat yourself when you're in pain? How do you treat yourself when you're in pain? How do you react when you're in pain? The Bible says we need to demonstrate that same amount of love to our neighbors that we do to ourselves when they're hurting, when they're in pain, when they're destitute, when they're disenfranchised, when they're set aside, when they feel worthless. We need to show them, yes, we are connected. When someone else on the other side, when they're exuberant about an opportunity, if you really are connected, you're not mad at them. You're not jealous of them. When they get elevated, when they get something new, when they God takes them to another level, to another place, when they reach their goals, we should be exuberant. We should be excited about what is happening in their lives and just as excited about it as if it was happening to us. And the reason we should do that is because... We are connected. Brothers and sisters, I share in your pain. I share in your hurt. I share in your sadness and your weeping. I share in your loss, but I also share in your joy. I share in your achievements. I share in you reaching your goals. And the reason I do this is because we are connected. And I challenge somebody right now that that you there is somebody in your life with whom you should be connected. That I, I challenge you to make an effort to connect even more closely, to spend a little time with them, to not only occupy the same space, to, but to get on the level of where they're feeling. What are they excited about? What are they joyous about? What motivates them? What are they looking for? What are their goals in the next one, five, 10 years? And how can you can share in their joy, how you can share in their passion. And yes, you can be a, even a shoulder to cry on when they're weeping because that's how we get disconnected because our goals change. Sometimes I've seen married couples that one couple, one member of the couple is pursuing their purpose and the other person is not. And then they become disconnected. One person has a goal to save money and another person has a goal to spend every dime that they get. Their goals are different, so they become disconnected. I, I, I've seen it also where sometimes in a relationship and sometimes this is familiar relationships, family relationships, not only marital relationships, where a person has been deferential for so long that they suddenly recognize that I need to take care of myself. And then when they start taking care of themselves, their relationship with others change. And as a result, sometimes they become disconnected. Sometimes that person who has always been so selfless realizes that there are certain people in their lives that are only there for what they could get, only there for what you could provide, only there for what you could give. It's okay to take care of yourself. The Bible says to love your neighbor, what? As you love yourself. You cannot give what you do not have. How can I give love to someone else when I don't have it for myself? The reason I can't give what I don't have is because if I don't know how to love myself, how do I know how to love them? If I don't know how to treat myself, how do I know how to treat them? I can only give that which I have and I cannot pour from an empty vessel. 
I need to pour some love on the inside of myself so that I'll be able to pour it out to someone else. The key to being connected is you have to be connected with who you are. Understand your value. Know that God loves you and that you are his special, intentional creation. I'm about to let you go and I just want to share this thought and this is something else that came to me that kind of led me to this. When it's something about particularly black people, when we have a special seeming uh, ritual of certain things that we do, even when we don't know each other. I recognize, and I guess it was brought to my attention. I was on, it was a, my, my wife's family was having a reunion and I walked through the foyer of a hotel and there were certain African-American older ladies sitting in the foyer. And I walked by them a couple of times. I was busy doing something and I did not speak to them. But the third time I came through, I looked at them, I smiled and I spoke to them. I said, how are you doing? And one of the ladies, she looked at me and she said, I was waiting on you to speak. She said, I was wondering how many times you were going to pass us without speaking. When I began to think about it, it's seemingly a ritual amongst African-American people that even when we don't know each other, we are very cordial and we take time to speak to each other. It's just something that seems like we do. We can be in a crowded place, but if we see another African-American person, it's like we seek them out and wave and speak to them or at least give them a nod saying, what's up? How are you doing? And I always just thought of that as a ritual. Another ritual we have, it seems like if you can be in a crowded place and if there's a couple of African-American people in that place, just something might happen. And you're thinking one thing and you know that other person is thinking the same thing. And even if you don't know each other, it seems like you look at each other and you just kind of nod or make a face. It's as if you are demonstrating agreement to that person in the room. Something else that I hear comedians talk about and I found to be true is that when you see a group of African-American people running, we have a tendency, we start running too. We don't, we don't wait around to see why we're not trying to figure out what is causing them to run. If you see them running, all of a sudden you look around and you're like, hold on, they're running. So you see yourself moving in the same direction they are. And if they run, then you run. And when I begin to think of that in the context of what I'm sharing is that it's not just a ritual. It's not just a ritual that we speak to each other when we don't know each other. It's not just a ritual that we find someone else in the room like us and we nod and agree when we're thinking the same thing. It's not just a ritual that we see some of us running and then we start running. The reason we speak, the reason we nod in agreement and the reason we run when we see each other running, it's because we're connected. We're connected. We share a connection. So when I see you, I'm going to speak because we're connected. When I agree, I'm going to lock eyes with you and nod in agreement because we're connected. And when you run, I'm going to run. Not because I know the cause of why you're running, but because we are connected. To extend that, when you cry, I'm going to cry. When you weep, I'm going to weep. When you feel hurt, I'm going to have compassion over you. When you smile, I smile. When you have joy, I'm going to have joy with you. 
When you get a new car, I'm going to jump and be as excited as if it's my car. When you get a new job or promotion, I'm going to be there celebrating right there with you. When you get another degree or when your child is born, when you start shouting, I'm going to rejoice and shout with you. Not because I have what you have or not even because I want you to share it with me. I'm not sharing in what you have. I'm sharing in your joy. I'm sharing in your emotion. I'm sharing in your gratitude. I'm sharing in your exuberance. Why? Because we are connected. And I want you to think of this thought the next time you examine your friends. Who are my real friends? Who are the people that love me? The people that are there for me? The people that I can count on? The people you can run with and the people you can count on? Just ask yourself this question. If I run, will they run? If I weep, will they weep? And if I rejoice, will they rejoice with me? Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few moments that we were together, Lord, to look at your word, to examine ourselves and to examine our relationships. Lord, not only those who are attached to us, but Lord, those to whom we are attached. Lord, we desire a good friend, but Lord, if you want to be a friend, you have to first show yourself friendly. Make sure that we are treating our neighbors right. That we're connected and we're loving them as they should be loved. That we love them even as we love ourselves. Lord, there are great, there's great purpose poured in each side of each of us. And Lord, sometimes you put us in the same space and you connect us so that we can be helpers one to another. Lord, don't allow our living to be in vain. But Lord, let us have the same concept as the song. Before I leave, Lord, help me to have helped somebody along the way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Well, those who have joined us, we pray God's blessings on you. I pray that you've been blessed and encouraged by what you heard on today. Uh, I know that this this is our broadcast for this morning, so and I know things are, are happening fast in our world right now. There are so many things. The, the virus seems to be ramping back up, but we're still trusting and believing God because we know, despite everything else that may be going on, don't want you to forget that our God is yet in control. So for those of you who may be on your sickbed even right now, we're praying for healing and deliverance. That this thing that you're going through that right sit there is the prayer. This thing that you are encountering, you're going to go through it. It's not your end. It's just another bump along the road. But God is taking you to your destiny. So you won't be lost. You won't be stuck. Just somebody right there who's suffering. I just want you to repeat this with me. It won't always be like this. But God is taking you to the place of destiny that he has designed for each and every one of you. And you know what? When you get there, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to praise God with you. You know why? Because we are connected. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, 
Just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.